Hello and welcome to Let's Drone Out, the best, well, the only UK FPV podcast sponsored by the lovely people from our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Let's Drone Out. In particular, we'd like to thank these guys. Art Faulkner. Mikey Dread. Wacky Wes. David Powell. <laughs> thank you, guys. You're the best. We can edit our podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Hello and welcome to LDO episode 233 called Back to the Future 2 and you'll find out why in a minute. Uh, for those of you that are expecting Jack again, uh, he's not around. I think Tony's got an update on when he's finally going to be back. I'm sure you're all waiting for that to happen. Uh, and I've been asked back to carry on with the chat that we did a couple of weeks ago. So I'm Lee Painless360 and tonight we have Tony. Bonjour. <laughs> I had to catch him while he was having a drink. Yeah, Frank. Hello. We've got NJ. Evening all. Curry Kitten. Hello. And Andy RC. How do. And just before we get too deep in and forget, Curry, could you do the disclaimer and then we're all legal? Indeed. Any views expressed by any guests on this show are personal and may not reflect of the views of the host or any participant of the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. So, yeah, any problems, they're your own. So uh, thank you for tuning in or listening on the podcast. Um, the reason that I wanted to come back on is last time I was on, we talked about the last 10 years of the hobby, uh, looking through the teens and the explosion of the multi-rotor stuff. And we we shared a few stories and, you know, talked about when we were young back in the day. Uh, but there was a couple of other things that I particularly wanted to talk about. And we did just didn't get time because the show was only an hour and we were just kind of hitting our stride. So thank you to everybody that kind of wrote in and kind of said, uh, want the chat to continue. Uh, it's your fault. I'm here. So the, the thing that I wanted to talk about and to chat to the gang is that I was uh, looking to do a video around Christmas time about the stuff that, I would recommend to people and the stuff that I use. I get lots of comments on, on my videos. I'm sure uh, people like Curry and Andy, you do as well, about what goggles do you recommend? What radio? I only have this much money. What do you want to buy? And it's a really tricky answer because if you have a beginner pilot that's never flown, you're probably going to give them a different recommendation that somebody that's been flying for five or six years knows maybe fixed wing, wants to move into multi-rotor, or whatever things like fpv goggles are very subjective so while i've got all these brains in one place i thought it would be a good thing to run around and just talk about the kit that we use today and also the kit potentially that if someone walks up to us at a show we would recommend things like radios goggles models other things as well so i'll kick us off with uh, the one that i get probably the most questions about which is radios uh, the one that I still probably use the most is my trusty Tyrannus. I've had it five years. It's probably had most of the switches replaced at this point, upgraded the gimbals at least once. Uh, the only other radio that I've had in that I really liked was the T16, 
Uh, again, OpenTX. And those are kind of my two choices, unless you want something simpler. Has anyone got any kind of other things that they they love at the moment that they like to fly? Tony, what do you fly with? Tyrannus, always have. Five, five years old, same as you. Um, that's all I fly with. I haven't tried anything else. I've seen there's a, there's a new kid on the block, though. Yeah. Uh, well, I see MJ walking away, but I know why he's walking away. Yeah, because he's, he's got the new kid on the block. Well, he's he's got a very different outlook on on what controller to use. So I imagine he's going to grab it. And I think Curry, I think you have as well, haven't you? I re- I've got a, an X9D like all of you guys, and that's that was my go-to radio. But for all the new quads I've got coming in, I love the feel and the size of the X Lite. The, the sort of game controller size really does suit me. I had to say, when I first got it, it, it felt a bit sensitive until you get the slightly longer sticks and they make a world of difference. So that sort of size of controller on quads really suits me. If I was flying things like planes where I might have an autopilot where I wanted lots of switches and stuff, then I'd go back to sort of more the X9D. But but for quads, I, I really do love my X-Lite and, and that sort of form factor, which I, I, I guess... NJ is getting something of a similar form factor to hold up to the camera, well, or he was just N- having a secret Wii and we didn't notice. NJ's, <laughs> he's try try everything, NJ. Like when we went to Makerspace, I think he bought three transmitters, didn't you, NJ? So come on. Yes, yes, I might have done. Um, I, I'm sort of. Uh, I've got to say, I'm with um, Lee when it comes to the the one that I recommend for most people to go with. This is my now very customized Tyrannus X9D that's had the. Uh, uh, I've done the an- the antenna mod, so you can put your own antenna on. This has had a full paint job. It's had the speaker upgrade. I've uh, done various things with the switches. I've put the six-position switch in there as well. Um, th- this has had all kinds of work done to it, and, of course, the uh, short-throw short throw gimbal here as well. There's so much you can do with this, and you can learn with it along the way. So if that's your inclination... Uh, is is someone who likes to tinker and wants something that you can buy very cheaply and then add a lot of stuff to and mess with it and you know in the spirit of the hobby i still think that's great in terms of my personal preference um i'm a big fan of the x light which is why i'm going to be i'm sure a big fan of the new uh, tbs tango which is on the way to me um and uh, i should point out as well i'm a pincher um, and most there are a, a lot of people think that those controls are very, very much only for, for people who fly thumbs. And there's uh, other pe- people like Nick Burns, who's also like me, that loves the X Lite and it pinches very comfortably. So, um, yeah, that's 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 where I sit on it. If you what like I- the if you like the, the the smaller form factor, the Tango Two, as somebody that's had one since beginning of De- uh, December is beautiful for pinching the the way they've uh, they've got the they're like pretty much full-size gimbals in that really small form factor because the only thing that i don't like about the x light is that the because the gimbals are quite compact as curry said you need the longer sticks otherwise it does feel Correct. like you've almost got a game controller but yeah, the gimbals first. are kind of full so have you gone for the pro or the standard one of the tango 2 um i've uh well i was I was speaking to to Wayne at TBS and asked him about which one to go for, and he explained to me the difference is basically the folding sticks. But the problem is, it's it's got the word pro on it, and unfortunately, that little bit of marketing <laughs> has worked its magic on me, and, and therefore oh, I've got yeah. the pro. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. I've got I've got no good excuse for getting it whatsoever. I just yeah, to be fair, 
if you get the pro and you fold the sticks down, if you know you know the big um, fat shark cases, the the ones that we never use, mm-hmm. that's a perfect. It just fits in there with the sticks down. Oh, awesome! So yeah, it, if I if I would get one now, I'd have gone with a pro because yeah. those sticks are quite trick. The, the, well, the portability is such a thing, isn't it? The, the the fact that you can just chuck these in your bag and y- your bag can shrink down from what it used to be with the amount of gear you had. Being able to just condense everything, I think it's it's a big consideration is the the size the convenience is is a welcome thing of having a smaller form mm. factor you're just rubbing it in now because i've got the non-pro version and <laughs> I, ju- I just feel this big at the moment it's important to mention we should say everybody talked about the x9d but the version that we are using is not available anymore we we've got the old version there's the mm. 2019 version and they have removed the ability to have D8 natively. So that's um, that's um, I think that's important to mention if we're talking about new people to the hobby. Um, yeah. and I, this, I like this... to think of it as classic as opposed to old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm slightly I'm slightly concerned about recommending Free Sky at the moment, as much mm. as I've loved their products, because they seem to be absolutely hell bent on making everybody dislike them by this new upgrade of ACC. TST 2.0, yeah. which will get rid of the compatibility with third-party um, receivers and ditching D8 and the whole, you know, that the whole debacle with uh, uh, let's screw up TBS so Crossfire doesn't work on it properly. It's it's I haven't used a jumper, but um, people that have seem to like it, and I'm wondering if that's now uh, the more better choice for OpenTX. Which well, jumper it, are you referring to? Uh, I don't know the T16 T16 I think you mean thing. Them, yeah. yeah not the well, thing. well the no no I think it would be this one that's this the is, one this is the T16 Hall Pro however it's not all roses in jumper either because they've parted ways and uh there's a company come up called Radio Master who are bringing out the T16S uh which fixes some of the issues that the Pro has so um, the sliders on the side don't quite have a center point. They fix that. They're changing from USB uh, mini to USB-C. So that'll be an interesting one because um, I know I put this when I, when I received the jumper uh, TX, there, there's sort of like a mixed reaction because some people have had Q, like really bad QC issues. And then others are like, no, it's the best thing ever. So it's a really difficult one. To that one so i've got a little bit of in, uh, insight into that so uh ju- the guys at jumper when they created the radio because the internals are, are very 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 similar to the x10 which is one of the reasons that free sky kind of lost the plot a little bit over when the jumper t16 came out um, and wrote those letters and whatnot um now hobby porter actually supported and worked with jumper and Hobby Porter is the person behind this new version of the T16 that have taken right. a lot of the a lot of the things that uh, the T16 uh, it didn't get quite right. Um, and QA was one of them. I know Ben, one of my friends at 3DXR, got in like about ten of them for to resell, um, and he got stung on nearly every single unit had a QA issue. So, uh, so I think there was lots of issues. I think they're all most of them, from what I'm hearing, seem to be sorted now. My T16, one of the first ones out, 
uh, has has had three issues, and the, I stopped making videos on it because I got uncomfortable about recommending it. Now, apparently, that's all fixed. Mm. Now, I'm waiting for the hot the hobby porter one. Last I heard from Ben, is not out. It's all been delayed because of Ma China. March, yeah. Um, but, but once that's out, you know, that might be the radio that I replace my aging Tyrannus. Once it finally goes bang, um, I don't want to go ACC, ASTXYZ. Um, I, I, I quite, quite like the idea of the, co <laughs> the color screen. And apparently, hands up those of you that have had flying D16, a servo glitch that have crashed a plane in the past five years. Anybody? Nobody, no, because it doesn't uh, exist. I, ha I haven't, because I've never flown anything with a servo off of D16. Well, there's this, this thing that's come out that apparently has been reproduced where, you know, the, one of the latest updates has been around the fact that there is this glitch, this problem in the firmware, which has required people to go out and flash their radios to fix it, which also stops it working with third-party devices. Now, you know, you can take your own view on that. I personally mm. think that's very suspect. That's um, a bit shady. Yeah, because as Curry <sighs> says, you know, at the moment, Free Sky aren't covering themselves in glory in terms of giving us pilots what we want and trying to be to, uh, do anti-competitive things to limit our ability to do stuff with other other kit, which is kind of where they got all the excitement and love from in the early days. So what what about so Free Sky? Okay, we've done that to death. Uh, any other radios apart from Free Sky stuff that we'd recommend these days? NJ, would you recommend your favourite transmitter? I haven't mentioned it, but yes, I do. Uh, although I've um, shown you the uh, my custom X9D, the, the radio I've flown the most, which is between that and the X-Lite in terms of form factor, slightly bigger, but sort of between the two, but has the bigger gimbals, um, is the Nirvana. Um, stop all the booing and hissing. I can feel, I can feel the energy coming from the audience out there. But I actually really like the way that that radio fly, uh, the radio feels in terms of flying the switch locations. It works for me as a pincher, and it's been solid. Um, I exclusively use it. I don't use any of the the FlySky pr protocols. I use it exclusively with the uh, Micro TX, the Crossfire setup, um, and. I've really enjoyed that. Now, I did get to chat recent. Well, I tried to chat recently with Warwick over at, um, over at uh, Underground FPV, and it's the first time in a very long time that he's actually just not replied to my, so what's happening with Underground FPV? And it does seem things have gone very cold there. The, the official website is now, they've been bought out, and it's now just a holding page with a blog spot and loads of adverts all over it. So I don't know what's happened there, but uh, if you've got one of those and you haven't updated your firmware and everything works, what I'd suggest is don't touch it. If you do want to continue to update your firm firmware, which is what I did, it's now, believe it or not, FlySky that have the most recent firmware and are driving the most support for that radio. So even if you've got an actual underground FPV one, not bought from FlySky, Go to FlySky for the for the latest and greatest firmware, and yeah, it's all it's all working fine. But the future is, I'm not sure with that radio. It's it's not looking great right now. Yeah, my worry is that we've got all gone around and said this radio, but if we if somebody new to the hobby said I want a radio, what would oh, I'd st I'd steer them away from that. Sure. <laughs> what, what, what would we say though? Is there one that we their budget is first? I, I'd probably start them up. I, honestly, if, if someone said, yeah, I budget conscious, because obviously all these things add up pretty quickly. Yeah. I'd probably I'd probably say X Lite 
Uh, you know the you know the X light that you have uh, is discontinued and only does um, D six uh, only does D sixteen. It doesn't do D eight. Um, really? Yeah, well, you, it's, you it's can a really get the multi protein module if you're prepared to take it apart, solder it, so you can smash the bootloader, <laughs> which fixes the problem. But that that's a bit of a so. Okay. I am with NG. I do love the form factor. Someone actually asked me. That this very question, he was considering jumper versus a Tango 2. And my question was, well, how many quads are you going to have? And do you think you'll be able to equip them all with um, crossfire receivers? Because uh, if, if that's all you're flying and that's what you're going to do, then go, go with the Tango 2 because it, uh, it, it looks a great radio. I think the other thing to bear in mind as well is the, the, the hardest thing. I always try to be very objective with these with this kind of question, but it's the hardest thing for people in our position, especially to be very objective yeah. about being a beginner because you know what you know. But when you're going into the hobby and there's just an absolutely overwhelming amount of stuff to learn. I mean, we step out of not keeping up with 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 uh, beta flight for for five minutes. Sorry, Curry and. Um, he hates the way I say beta. We step out of it for five minutes and even with our sort of season knowledge of, of that, and I like to think I keep pretty on top of that, you can come in and suddenly something's, or you'll open, open it up and you'll go, where's that gone? What's, what's this thing now? And if you're new to the hobby, there's, there's so much to learn already. And I think something like the X light or on in that kind of ilk, something that's quite friendly and approachable and, and doesn't feel like I'm just looking at Darth Vader's bathroom um to, to to operate i just yeah it's a lot it's it's a hard for i think it's a hard question for us to, to do, you know, that do you know what i tell people i'll tell I, I think if you are completely new so you um so we're talking multi-rotors you've never done fixed wing you probably everyone's done an rc car but if someone's coming to me and say right i want i want to get into this um where do i start i always say i think there's two routes right you buy a cheap toy that's like a, a Hobson because that, that's what I did. I bought yeah, like a, a so, 20 yeah. quid, but it comes with a transmitter thing. If you can master that, then um, then you can progress onto something like, I, I always recommend after that, probably an Emacs Tiny Hawk. Um, but then, then there's the other route of you can buy a transmitter. So that I think it's the Fly Sky, the i6, it's 35 quid. Then you buy a seven quid dongle and a simulator, and then you know the simulators are uh, when it comes to FPV. Some uh, simulators are available for free. Exactly. Well, that's, that's where I, that's where I was going. That's where I was going, Mister yeah. Kitten. Links in description. Yeah. Um, so I, I think there's a, a lot to be because when I, I came from fixed wing and. I went to helicopters, but I was like, there's no way I'm just going to try and fly a helicopter. So I got, um, f luckily, that my transmit, my Futaba transmitter that was 35 megahertz, it, it fitted one of these simulator dongles. And I went on to, I think it was real flight simulator and learned how to fly helicopters. Then I bought a helicopter and I, I could mm -hmm. fly it. I was amazed, you know. Although I did have that fixed wing experience. I, I think the other thing, just very quickly, is that transmitters, it, it's not even that long ago that the transmitters weren't actually that numerous in terms of what's available. And mm. they were considered more of a long-term purchase than the way we consider our goggles. Whereas now it seems there is an awful lot of transmitters mm. coming out into the market. Um, 
so it's again it's it, it's very subjective isn't it that person mm. do they want to make some long-term purchases or do they just want to go as cheap as possible and see whether they like it very tough and provocative question lee i see what you did there i was Thanks liking um andy's uh well, the video. reason what your oh. video just oh, yeah, did. <laughs> the radio yeah, that is a transmitter, mate. No, that was a that was a brick. That was, yeah. Yesterday, I posted the uh, transmitter that I learned to fly on, which was wow. released in 1985. Yeah, the way that you get the back off is you stick a penny in it and turn a thing, and the back comes up. There's probably a, there's probably a halfpenny back then. Uh, yeah, eight me. Yeah. Do you know how, I looked up though? Do you know how much that transmitter cost in 1988? 174 pounds. The brochure. I found the brochure. It. The brochure itself had a payment plan for it. That's how. Like, <laughs> wow. That you know, which is absolutely mad. But the reason why I say the fly sky and is that you know it, it's most of the people that approach me they want to do it as cheap as possible. Mm. And I think I think if you pile a load of money into the hobby um and for whatever reason you just can't grasp it or you crash and you you know you put a load of money down the pan then i think like buying a really cheap transmitter and a simulator is a good route because you can you can suck up 35 quid but you can't suck up spending you know 130 quid on a is that that's about how much the jumper is isn't it so um yeah, I say this. I, that's, so I think there's two routes. There's the simulator and cheap transmitter route. If you can nail that, then, you know, and FlySky as well, you know, I think very underrated, very low latency. And the only thing that it doesn't do well is telemetry. But there, trust me, there are a lot of people. The amount of requests I get to say, please do more FlySky videos because, you know, there are people I, running on a tight budget. Yeah, I see um, Magdalena, who's come on the girls' night before, she flew one of them and she flew pretty far over a beach and stuff when we were out on an yeah, FPV trip. Yeah. And she, she was loving it. And I was like, oh, my God, you're going so far. I don't know if I'd go that far with mine, you know. And she so, was, uh, so, she so let was me just show it my, my To kind of bring this to the end, this is my very first uh, proper grown-up radio that I still have, Ooh. and I, ca I can't get rid of it because, uh, it, well, it's probably full of asbestos or something. But it's a Spectrum radio. Now, this mm. this was my first introduction to a grown-up radio, and it probably cost two two odd times what a Tyrannus did. Um, it's interesting that you, uh, that all you guys have had a similar reaction, which is. If we'd have asked this question 18 months ago, ah, good man, my DX8 <laughs> is next door. Um, if, if we'd have asked this question 18 months ago, we'd have all had, because I like the QX7 is a really nice radio as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Actually. That's, that's really good. Um, yeah, but but all of these radios that, that we would have probably, without hesitation, recommended, um, if you can cope with OpenTX, we're all a bit iffy about now. I think there's an opportunity in the market for somebody to come up and kick Free Sky's butt when it comes to radios. Like, um, like yeah, Radio Master. A, a last little comment, because although I haven't had as much as experience as all you reviewers of different radios, I have had enough experience to know that my recommendation to anyone would be go find your local group and have a go on some because yeah. nothing yeah. beats Good point. Like, as much point. as like, it is details on paper that are important and your selection of the protocol and the ecosystem that you're buying into and all of that. Like if it doesn't feel right in your hands, it's not going to work, which is another thing. That That's what she said. 
Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right, sure 20, 22 minutes. Well done. God, I'm um, so proud of everybody. And um, I don't know if you know, there's a um, there's a book that was making its rounds a, a few months ago, um, probably just before Christmas, uh, called Invisible Women, all about how technology has been designed without um, thinking about kind of the anthropometrics, the ergonomics of, of women mm. in mind. So like airbags don't incorporate any of this kind of area in their design um <laughs> no, no, to flight suits and all sorts of things um so i don't understand do you go on andrew uh well <laughs> airbags that's all i can for say the, for those people <laughs> on the podcast, you from just yeah. chest. but um can we play airbags for fun bags is that allowed <laughs> do you know what if there was someone to derail this show i did not expect to be no. andy <laughs> <laughs> Well, Sorry, just throwing things out there and letting you um, derail the show. But, I have um, no idea of something about female airbags, anthropometrics, all in the same sentence. That's just <laughs> and <wow>. transmitters. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is this is my point. Is like um, as Richard uh, Warwick said in the chat. I think it was uh, a, a little bit earlier. Was that he says he's got small hands and he really likes the the, the jumper TASG that he's got. Yeah. And I know, um, you know, there yeah, have one. been events where there have been sort of uh, women that have been passing radios around. Um, I mean, it's a small, it is a small sample size, but I've noticed a bit of a trend that the Tyrannus is not as popular as like the the X Lite or the particularly the TASG, just because it is smaller. And I wonder how much that has kind of affected um, the demographics. I mean, it's kind of. Yeah. Which one comes first? I'm so used to flying the Tranis, I'd be worried. You know, I'd, it, it just feels right. Everything's perfect for me, mm. and it's been six years well, of it. If I had to go over, I'd be like, "Oh my god, it feels like I've got to learn how to fly again." You know, what I, I, mean? I've, I have the same problem, Tony. When I fly the X Lite, it feels like my rates have changed. Mm. I know a lot of people lengthen the sticks, though, which sort of creates that almost like Expo by lengthening the sticks because the sticks are so short. But mm. uh, yeah. This episode was recorded in front of a live online audience, downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only, censored to please the iTunes people, hosted on the internet, forwarded through to your podcast provider, downloaded, playing on your device, and is now playing in your ears, all thanks to our Patreons. Consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. The other one that I get the most comments about is goggles. Now, this is a really, I mean, if you think radios is subjective, then <laughs> we haven't talked about goggles yet. And goggles is one of those really weird things. I mean, if you think that talking about free sky brings out the, the lovers and the haters, uh, try, try talking about things like the GGI HD system and Fat Shark. So if, yeah. if, you know, if you're driving your car and you're in the middle, you know, of, uh, of some sweets, you don't want to spit them all over your dash because you get wound up about the, pause, pause the <laughs> podcast now because we're going to talk about goggles. That what we have, so that one, that that's it. The that's one, one, that's the so one, the one that has a robot face. Let me put it next to it just to the X9D so you can see the oh, difference. It's much smaller, isn't it? interesting interesting and i think you know what there's a there's a a group of people that don't get enough credit for this so Mm. um way way back um i went and built you you know these multi-module all-in-one things you had to build them and deviation tx allowed that it's interesting that fr sky have no issue with the deviation uh, tx versions of the jumper transmitters uh because they don't run open tx and 
and crossfire you can run crossfire but it's a pain but uh, what we were saying nj is we're, we're moving on to goggles because we've done 25 sure. we've done 25 so right so goggle, goggle. who wants to go first with what they've got and what they'd like well, and what for, they'd recommend first of all what, what i want to say about all of this is um that the, the hobby it's, it's very divided you know and you know, humans as people, we like to have our little groups. But I think, um, you know, so you've got the the Fat Shark side, you've got the DJI, you've got FOS guy, you've got Jumper. And, um, you know, at, at times where, like, we are kind of, like, under threat, I think, you know, we should set all of those differences aside and just, like, all come together so whether it's fixed wing you like whether it's fpv whether it's hallies don't tr you know getting triggered about whether it's we're talking about dji or it, that's not th there are bigger issues out there so um that's my stance on you know and for me it's like whatever you're into whatever works for you i'm not going to go oh you shouldn't have that do you know what i mean mm -hmm. but there are a lot of people who have that opinion uh, and i don't i don't think we should. So that's Andy, nice can question. you just hold that thought until we get to this next topic? Because I want okay. to talk about the next decade. And, and I think you've hit on a really important part about us as a hobby, uh, not dividing ourselves when we got enough people having a pop outside of the hobby. So, yeah, I think mm. that's a really good point. So, so um, well, I'll start then as nobody has. A, so for me, I currently, I'm very lucky. I tend to get the Fat Shark goggles for review. So I always have the, the kind of latest and greatest. And I do genuinely think that the HDO2s are the best goggles that Fat Shark have ever made. Lots of people would probably say that the HDOs should have been that when they came out 90 months ago. Yeah. Uh, but the HDO2s have fantastic field of view, uh, independent focus, uh, just work beautifully. I, but going back to NJ's point about radios used to be an investment, uh, I think goggles definitely are. And goggles for me, when people ask, if I've got my goggles on me, I'll let them have a, I'll power them up and let me have a, even if it's playing back a DVR thing. Because even the shape of people's faces can make a massive difference. So something that fits my face might not fit Frank's or vice versa. Or it might be that you know, I mean, you, you and I, um, Andy, you know, you've been around when we played with the HDOs and you had to bring your diopters and things. And yeah. and some, some things support wearing spectacles. So there's loads of additional questions when someone mm -hmm. comes up and asks you to, to recommend one. But for me, I'm, I'm quite a fan of the, uh, of the Fat Sharks for no other reason than when they break, you can get them fixed. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really good thing about them. I, the the problem is it's the the amount of money that um, you have to pile into. But I always say, you know, it's worth spending it because I I can remember like having a, a pair of goggles that maybe three or four years old, and they were still repairing them for free. Now other people will say, oh well, my sky zones never break, and and I I always say back to that, yeah, but because we're we're sort of um, reviewers and YouTubers, we have sort of an accelerated usage than everybody else. And from my findings, all goggles eventually break. So that's why I choose Fat Shark, even when sometimes they haven't been the best. Um, 
So, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. But again, entering the hobby to say 500 quid without a module is uh, really tricky. I'm, I, so I think the, um, the Sky Zones sit very popular. Uh, yep. And Fat, Fat Shark have got the Attitude V5, which sits in that. Um, so I, I've actually got those to look at. So I, I want to um, check those out. But like you say, I've, I actually start all of my goggle reviews with a disclaimer. <laughs> and, it's, <laughs> and it's that goggles are really difficult to review because everybody, I can't, I, I'm, I'm reeling it off right now. We've all got different shaped faces. Our eyes are spaced apart differently. Our noses can be big or small and we can be long or short sighted. So mm. the best thing to do is find a local group, whether that's on Facebook or a club or go to a drone event. There's no excuses. There must be a drone event going on somewhere. You can try on a bunch of different goggles, you know, and, uh, that that's how I would do it. That's another thing I'm worried about when my when my when they break. I'm like, what am I going to buy? Blah, blah, blah. I'm I'm really thinking about going HD, but you know DJI. But when I tried yours on, I felt sick. So I'm going to have to try outside when we meet. You mean that you're talking about the DJI goggles? Yeah. 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 I felt I felt sick because of the flashing lights. I think mm. that was a lot to. I'm do hoping with. it was just that because they looked unreal. I, I come I can weigh in here though, right? Because I I did it. I've got a video that I'm working on. I uh, so I attach the analog module to the DJI goggles, and I've got the HDO twos. And if you want the best analog experience, um, then the HDO twos I think are the way to go. I'm, now I'm talking the very best. However, if you want are, are just average joe like me you know don't, don't race freestyle then um the the dji analog um is okay but I, what i did notice is and i was surprised by this because i didn't think there would be but there was quite a difference in pitch quality when i put the hdo2s on uh, analog and then put the dji analog um they both recorded the same uh there's a display technology difference there as well, as we're talking about LCD versus um, yeah. Uh, OLED. Um, but yeah, I mean, my my preference is is uh, for years, very long time now. Um, I've been using the uh, um, HD threes, yeah. which have been great. Painless, you're up there somewhere. I'm sure you are. There you are. Look. Hey, hey good man. We're all there, I think. <laughs> yeah, wherever I've got room, I've been I've been sticking them on. But yeah, my HD3s have been they've just been flawless. I've never had an issue with them. I've never had to send them off for repair. They're just they're they're so well built. Um, the shape has worked great for my face, as mentioned. That's a, a subjective thing, and it helps if you can try it. But these have been so solid and reliable and a great experience. Um, so I absolutely can't knock these. Um, I have personally made the transition to HD now and I'm, I, I have the, uh, this is why the module's missing in this because it's, I've got the URUOV adapter that allows you to run um, your analog into the, the DJI system. Um, but yeah, it is an expensive system and, and much like TVS, but even more so with the DJI system, the, the cost per quad when it comes to putting on uh, an air unit or now a Vista is still, it's still expensive. Uh, so, yeah, there's still a way to go, but um, that's certainly, uh, a, a, it's something I'm enjoying and I'm getting used to now. Um, but again, again, as we said before, it's just great to have so many options. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's where I am. My Wayne, name is Maureen. You, 
Sorry, Andy, go on. I'm just, I'm just, just conscious that Wayne hasn't waded in for a little yeah, while. I was just going to say, my biggest worry about the DJI stuff is, you know, what's going to happen when there's a version two? Does that mean that, like, it's still supported? Because it's not, you know, we're, we're basically working on PAL and 5.8 gigahertz just FM modulation. So it's, it's basically a very open, very analog uh, protocol at the moment for analog. But when you go over to DJI and it's a closed protocol, then what's going to I mean, happen? DJI's history of support's pretty pretty good, so I'm not I'm not too worried. But then we, we consider things to be old last yeah. week. In a week, so, yeah. <laughs> in a all lot, aspects of our a, lot, a lot of people complained that the, they really wanted the DJI goggles to work with the Mavic, and they don't. And I know that's a big complaint of them, but it's kind of like a – a different sector of the hobby and that's what dji do isn't it they're they're a money-making machine as well as well as a very in innovative um of course but uh yeah um Harry, I, I, Harry, tell us so, your, uh... so yeah my my experience actually as a reviewer is, is quite different because no one ever sends me goggles so my my proper <laughs> goggles i've had to actually pay for from my own money no one now sends me them I paid for, no, you've, I paid for you've them. You've had some skies there once, but I've got the odd box goggles, and I think it's um, a bit like Andy mentioned about the radio, that there's a couple of ways to go. You can have a pretty good experience spending 30 quid and getting yourself a basic pair of box goggles that to start off with, and you'll have a pretty good flight. Um, they're just, I find them more inconvenient to carry around rather than anything else. Mm. I've been flying on Fat Shark Dominator 3 for years and years, and I only upgraded from, upgraded from my original Dominators because it had an inbuilt DVRs. Um, and it's one of those things where it is a lot of investment. And if they're not broken, it's a very bitter pill to think, oh, I must upgrade it. Because the the little incremental uh, increases in quality aren't that great. Now, if I went from Dominator 3s all the way up to HGO2s, I'd really probably notice the difference quite a lot. But yeah, right now, I'm just, my experience is still very good. Uh, if, if you guys went back to them after using your sort of latest and greatest you'd probably think well the field of view is not very good and the display is not very good um but yeah not, they, they not just as are. much as you think not as I, much I, as you think Wayne. i i must have put over a thousand hours of flying into those goggles now and aside from having to replace the um the sort of foam eyepiece about four times because it just keeps getting like sweating to death and go away <laughs> it's it's been absolutely perfect so it's yeah, as far as recommending goggles, I'd say like if you're starting off and you've got a budget, check out a pair of box goggles because they'll get you in the air and you'll which, enjoy it. Which box goggles, Wayne? EVA 100Ds? Uh, yes, because I think those yeah. are the ones that were like the Toby Rich ones, which were a copy of them, which were pretty comfortable and worked quite nicely. Yeah. And and then after that, I would say check out Fat Shark because they make really good quality kit. Well, the, the other one that I would recommend is the the Quantum box goggle uh that hobby king did hobby king, they, yeah. they were a there i mean i don't know what's going on with hobby king at the moment nothing ever seems to be in stock but if you can get them those quantum goggles they even did a diversity version with dvr in and they were the, for the money they were amazing and you could still wear spectacles with them so even if you have astigmatism or whatever they were fat i used to recommend them all the time it's just a shame that it's trickier to get hold of these days well they were my first goggles but isn't the stock issue because of the coronavirus, or is the, is, does it this predate that? Going back a little bit further than that. Uh, yeah, uh, it, really? if, if that's if that's what they're saying, I think that that um, yeah that's that, the that, excuse. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so the eight hundred D, I must say as well, even though it's a long, long time since we've all the, 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 those of us that did a review on it 
and I know a lot of people I recommend it to not one person has ever come back and said, I wish you hadn't recommended that. They've all enjoyed having that as a first goggle. And I still will take the base of that as a second screen to hand people. Yes. This is the the Toby rich, which is apparently a copy of it, but I have this on the desk all the time when I'm setting something up. I just have it. I turn it on. I make sure my OSD looks good and my frequencies are good. And uh, yeah, it's it's really easy because um, where I wear diopters, if I wanted to show someone my goggles, they'd be like, oh, man, I can't see a thing. What's going on? So having something like this to carry around, if someone comes up, I say, oh, just have a look through that and you'll see what's going on. Really handy. There, there is something really important to know about recommending the EV800Ds. Since all of us reviewed that very first version, just as Ishin do, they changed the DVR. And if you lose complete signal, then uh, the DVR file gets corrupted and you can't use it. So that that so make sure if you do have the EV800Ds, which have diversity, that I, I suppose you could say for the price, you know, the um, the fact that they've got a built-in DVR is good. But um, if you go out of range, and I I, I was I, I got in I got quite a lot of static, but I could still see a picture. However, when I got home the file was corrupt and and uh so that's something to bear in mind with those but i'd still recommend them despite that because of the price value and everything like that yeah andy good to know now there is one other thing i'm just conscious we've been going for nearly 40 minutes and we only got through two products well you have to, <laughs> um, you have to come back then lee aren't you well, part, I, part I, three they yeah, did to the future part three yeah they did yeah <laughs> we'll, all, we'll all have to go but it wasn't that the one where they're in the wild west it yeah it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't the best one uh which is i i, I have a question for andrew slash frank um mm. i've seen loads of weird stuff flying around about mini air show this year lots of weird yeah. stuff what, what's what's going on brother because I, do, I, do i need to book my hotel or or what because i because i've i know that you're normally dead involved in this and the one of the reasons that it runs so fantastically well is because you dedicate so much time to it which thanks for that because we just all roll up and have a lovely time <laughs> uh but i've seen loads of things about the bmfa getting involved and and, and loads of different stuff so um do i need to book my hotel or not well, there is definitely an event happening at Popham on the 16th and 17th of May. Um, it will have some flying and some camping, um, but the, there's a lot of details still being discussed and organized and set up at the moment. Um, so at the end of uh, the last event, um, it was kind of uh, decided that there would be a, a much bigger models and all sorts of other things that they wanted to do, make it a lot, much bigger event, scaling up stuff, uh, using a massive circus tent that they have there for the rest of May. So keep that there and just yep. have a much bigger event. And because it was uh, becoming a much bigger event, they decided that they, they didn't want to put all this kind of uh, big expensive uh, event in the hands of someone who is a volunteer and has a day job and is otherwise, you know, doesn't have a contract with them to, you know, okay. I could just walk away and and they could be left high and dry. So they decided they'd start off from the very beginning um, with, they were running the event and I would just help out kind of giving them some pointers and contacts and, and, and that kind of thing. So that's been going on. Um, they realized that there's quite a lot of work involved. Um, so 
Um, and this is a shock because? Um, well, because I'd done it and had a day job. So how hard yeah. can it be? Um, yeah. <laughs> you need a smug face. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so they, they've they've realised that actually there's there's quite a lot involved in it, um, and it just so happens that the uh, BMFA southern area, uh, so so the BMFA kind of split into kind of areas where they put all the clubs, and so the southern area has an annual gala, but where they usually have their gala isn't working out. So uh, they were looking for a venue. Uh, Popham were looking for maybe some people more kind of experienced in larger events. Um, and so they decided, or is that, I think that's what's going on. It, again, I'm not involved in this at the moment. Like, I'm just waiting to be told things to post out on Facebook and stuff. So, Right. Uh, so, so, at the, so at the moment, it's a, it's a nothing to do with you. Uh, BMFA are involved and doing stuff. Because last yeah. time I saw something online about you need a B-cert to fly at the event if mm. they're in charge. So because it was, uh, again, this plan may be changing. I think they may have looked at it and decided that actually there's more involved in a normal event, but to make a bigger event with fewer people, is maybe and doing it at the last minute is maybe not the best idea. So it might be scaled back down to kind of what it was at the previous event. Hopefully. Um, so, but the 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 plan was that they were going to do it on one of the manned runways. Um, but because it's on the manned runways, all the where we were flying last time was going to be the car park, and that would mean basically that there'd be nowhere to fly during the night, you know, in the evening, after hours, after the public are gone, um, because that would still be car park. And so there was kind of basically a point where they were like, there's not going to be any flying at night, um, apart from in the Ooh. tent. And also because it's under the, like a lot of this is down to insurance uh, at the end of the day. Like insurance is really expensive. It's really hard to get. We were really lucky that they covered um, the insurance for the event, uh, previous couple of events. Um, and I think they've kind of realized that if they work with the BMFA, they can get BMFA insurance to cover the event for basically free. So that's a lot cheaper than lots of money. Um, right. So there is, it makes a lot of sense that if you're running a big event, having the BMFA involved and covering the insurance makes it a lot easier. Um, so, but 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 is it but considering that you've built that entire thing over the last four or five? Years, sorry, I'm a bit incredulous about this. Yeah. The last four or five years, yeah, you've built these, and and all of the it's been built on the fact that all of us who don't the majority of us don't have visa. I know people, I know people like um, Andy RC and stuff do because they've done the hobby before. Uh, but but we all get together. It's a it's it's a and for those of you actually, is it worthwhile just explaining what the mini air show has been for those of you that that mm. haven't been to one? So the, so Andy, you just want to take just a quick thirty seconds to explain what it has been historically, so we can understand yeah, why so we're all so surprised. So it's been going for the past five years as an annual event in early May um, with a, a bunch of uh, mainly FPVers, but also uh, line of sight model aircraft, um, tiny whoops, uh, flying wings, X-class, all this kind of thing. Um, just getting together. In, in, the, in the beginning, we had, uh, well, we, throughout all the events, we've had high hopes of uh, having it as a kind of 
public-facing um, showing off FPV um, rather than kind of all the other events that are very kind of, you know, this these are the, the models and they are far away. This is kind of involving people in it and getting them to see FPV, which isn't shown at a lot of events, um, yeah. apart from the, the racing, obviously. Um, so, well, well, it's the devil's work, isn't it, FPV, along yeah, with film planes? Well, to be honest, having dealt with organizing, sharing out FPV frequencies, I am inclined to agree it is the devil's work. So <laughs> there is that. Um, but yeah, it's it's this is maybe a bit more... FPV doesn't scale well. Uh, they need this to scale for it to make sense. They're a business too. And, and so they're make, looking to make a bigger event and that just doesn't really work so with FPV. The one thing, the one thing you haven't answered, like the, the political... Are you doing number seven? <laughs> like the political answer we got there, which is beautifully put. Um, should, <laughs> should we book our hotel room or not? I still, we still if need an If you like big events... Right. With lots of modern aircraft. <laughs> okay. Then uh, re, maybe re, this is one to add to your list along with, you know, Wings and Wheels and Western Park and, I can, and I can all the rest. Yeah, Headcorn is Headcorn isn't happening this year. No, so if you're not. going to Headcorn, maybe this is one you want to check are out. Are we all are we all going? Because that's the thing for me. If you guys are going, I'm going. If you guys aren't going, I'm not going. So that's <laughs> That's the thing for me. I, I've, I'm already going to think of something like the Western. I love the the Western thing, and you yeah. know, Western Park is really good fun. Um, I don't need to go to another mini Western uh, at the other end of the country. I'd, the, the, one of the reasons I go to the mini air show is to meet all you guys and yeah. meet everyone yeah. else in the hobby. Yeah. It's, it's the community thing I'm bothered about. Yeah. If, so if we all went, it would probably we still have, have a laugh. But part of having a laugh is all the messing about after you know the, the flying the tiny whoops and the night flying and and just the general buggering about, which is and, and that that's the the, one of the fun parts. The hobby will still be happening. So there will. How, still how do they stand with putting fireworks on quadcopters and flying them around? <laughs> is, is that okay or is that frowned upon now? Is that covered by the BMFA insurance? Until I've been told who's the flight director, and then I'll speak to them about it. Uh, it's, but, you know, speaking of Western, though, it makes me wonder how they're going to handle it, because uh, historically, when I went to Western Park and got to the FPV line, I expected that everybody would have to have uh, like a B-cert or something like that. And I was like, no, no, there's no, no one's got anything. So I wonder if that's going to cause an issue at Western this year. Oh, by the way, Lee, the fact that you've just said you're going to Western now means I'm going to Western. Because hey! I, I don't think these guys will probably come to Western. Right, guys? Three years, Andy. You're coming to Western, Andy? Well, <laughs> if... if trends or anything to go by then yeah well you've been there the last two years haven't you andy i've been yeah two three years something like that well yeah. then it's a definite yes for me the well then if you two are going then i've got to go <laughs> <haven't I? laughs> it's funny because like even at western we don't fly which is no, no, it's, it's, the, it's the community yeah it's just yeah. hanging out which is the fun yeah. part I just don't. I just don't want to do it while while loads of you know elderly guys um, talk about glow engines behind me and 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 look at look at their nose look down their nose at us because we do FPV. If it changes your mind at all, we we I'm kind of putting my flag in the ground and and taking over the, the marquee as 
our spot. And there's been talk amongst the, the mini airshow volunteers of organizing uh, a, a community build to compete right. with other things that are going on. So there might be, there might be something interesting going on, but, it People depends. in the chat are saying do a mini LDO show. Yes, I, I'm, I've been saying this from the very beginning. But, of course, we have to respect the people that built up Mini Air Show. The thing is, I guess they, they may have lost they, respect. Well, they will turn up because they're part of LDO anyway. Well, there you Fair, go. It, funnily enough, there are I, – I do have a list of sites that I will be going to when the weather improves. Uh, Doing this, like, to, go, to go have he, a look. He's teasing this, doesn't he? He still hasn't checked it out. Come on. Um, <laughs> but I do also have a lead on a potential very interesting venue for the LDO fifth anniversary at the end of August. But mm. I won't. Okay. Five years? Has it been five years? Right. So, so with nine minutes to go, that kind of brings me beautifully to the last bit and to kind of pick up on what Andy RC was talking about, because it kind of leads on from the conversation that we've just had about the fact that uh, these kind of events, uh, when uh, some of these organizations get involved, they actually fundamentally unpick uh, what has made the event popular historically. Uh, but also, I, I, and I touched on it last time we were on the show. Um, there are, I, I know of a number of clubs um, that are affiliated with, just happens to be the BMFA in this case. And I'm not really knocking the BMFA, but the, but the, the clubs, uh, although their membership is declining, and last time, you know, um, Andy made a, a joke about that. Um, <laughs> I'm going to meet myself. I'm going to meet myself. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. So, uh, but, but, you know, I know of clubs who have like 13, 20, uh, a very small number of, of people that part of the club who have access to a flying field. And we're all on this podcast complaining all the time that we struggle to find places to fly. It just seems to me that, you know, going back to Andy's point about we should all just get on with it. And if somebody likes another part of the hobby, then that's all right as long as nobody's getting hurt. Uh, there just seems to be a real disconnect at the moment between the legacy flying clubs that do glow and those kind of bits and pieces and the modern hobby. Has anyone got any ideas how we can try and redress that balance? Well, I, I know, I think I know why that is. It's because we are, I hate to use this term, but we are woke. We're on the internet. <laughs> we are live streaming. And the people who are sitting there with, you know, clean out off the castor oil from their glow engines are not on YouTube fig do you know so so they've only got <clears throat> poor that like you know to take their side poor them they've only got the media to go off or oh, drones are bad that they, they closed down Gatwick whereas if you took some time it you know I mean to go on the on YouTube and just search you'll find out that we are not the people that the media portrays so that i think that's the problem you know there's um there's a disconnect in technology you know my my, my folks they don't have mobile phones they don't really go on the internet um to the extent that we do and and find out the latest and realize that it you know what's it how what's that there how are you woke you only go out for a chat <laughs> i'm not i'm not getting into that jack Jack did something. No, I'm not getting into. <laughs> no, no, stay on, stay on target. Carry on. You, you're, so, on, you're um, on a flow. 
Yeah, I think I think it's a difficult one because uh, you you know those people aren't going to all of a sudden invest in a computer and get the internet and so is it going to be <laughs> I, yeah, I'm trying to trying to word it in a way is it just going to be that our generation takes over and uh, takes over these because I'm I'm in two clubs um and you know eventually someone else is gonna have to fill the places of the people that I, I, can no are you talking about dead men's shoes no what i'm saying is what i'm saying is right that when are it they pre- shoes or sandals as you get <laughs> loafers as you, get, o- as you get older all right here's a nice way to put it as you get older it's more difficult to fly, especially if it's cold. So those people might not turn up to the club. They may even just give up because, uh, you know, mobility reasons, whatever. I don't know. To be but fair, here, I, I joined the club though. a couple of years ago and there is, there's about three or four older lads, older guys in my club. And they were into FBV and they enjoyed it. So, Oh, yeah. Um, I think I, there I, is, there's a few out there. This is it. What we we will make fun and say bolster glow engine sandals, and they will say can't fly. Makes the computer do it all. Mm. But if you put the two groups together, if you can get together with BFMA traditional flyers, you will find there's an awful lot in common. Um, you know, I don't fly glow engines, but I, I love watching these scale things. And mm, yep. once these old guys will learn that you're not flying one of these camera drones that does itself and you have to move the sticks and you've built it yourself and you have to solder things in and that um this this crossover actually happens and uh, one of the places it used to happen was at mini air show where the traditional flight line talked to the fpv guys and there's some meshing got together yeah i think that that is the crux of the problem though isn't it The, the i agree that those two entities can exist in the same place and have a lot in common and talk about a lot of the same things and get on like a house on fire. But how do you do that if you can't get in the door in the first place where uh, multi-rotors are completely shut out of clubs? And even, you know, I have the, I've had that experience just with helicopters, let alone multi-rotors where yeah. I can't, I've got no clubs. I've got four, three or four clubs around me and none of them will allow helicopters. So I wouldn't even ask the question about multi-rotors. Yeah. I'm, I'm um, guessing the answer is to just to sit in the car park and fly your quad and buzz around the plane. <laughs> buzz the runway hover on the runway that's the one they hate just sit there and hover <laughs> but but go, going back to to, to curry's point it is absolutely right and um, andy and i were were involved in a, a thing for channel four and we there was lots of pilots on there who had never done fpv and part of the thing was uh, giving them an fpv experience and I think with one exception, all these pilots that would have thought that FPV were the work of the devil tried it on, it's fixed wing FPV, tried it and took the goggles off and were just blown away and didn't realize how fantastic it was. Um, and I, I have yet to put um, a, a more mature line of sight fixed wing pilot through an FPV experience and not have them come out the other side with a, an, an appreciation for part of the hobby that they could have dismissed because it's part of the devil's work. And I think may, maybe that's that's the that's the answer. Maybe we should try a little bit harder to get in the door with these places and maybe use some of these shows to spread the love around and give these guys a go. Because actually, we're not all hooligans. We're not all criminals. We're not all doing stupid stuff with FPV. And there's a whole part of the hobby 
that um, the modern hobby that they don't get involved in. And similarly, you know, there's loads of people trying to get into the hobby, looking for the kind of advice that we've been talking about on the show. Um, and there is lots of experience in these clubs. Uh, some of it isn't as relevant as it used to be, but there's a lot of common sense there that can help people avoid all the common mistakes. Have you got clubs like that near you, Lee? Um, I'm trying to find, I'm trying to get involved with a couple and I'm, str- I'm struggling. Um, and that, that's the issue that I've got because at the moment, uh, you know, and, and actually Clive FPV was talking about in the live comments, um, a lot of them have blanket uh, regulations which say no helicopters, no FPV. Uh, you, and so it's very difficult when you've got that, you know, they've kind of laid their stall out. That's, uh, that black and white to kind of get in the door to say, actually, you know what? You, you've kind of missed the point. And I, I hope that people like the BMFA that a lot of these clubs are affiliated to. Um, and I'd, I'd love to, I'd, I don't know, maybe we could try and get somebody from the BMFA on to have a chat with or whatever, or, you know, try and change their, so the next time I see a BMFA magazine, there could be a multi-rotor or a pair of FPV goggles in it if it didn't immediately combust because it's the work of the devil. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we, we've had Big Andy on the show, haven't we? Yeah. That, that's had, his official had name. Andy and Dave uh, on a, a few times. Um, and yeah, they're, they're, I mean, the, the magazine is always a recurrent uh, complaint, but they, you know, they, they say if you send an article in, they will print it. Every article that's in there has just been written by a volunteer and, and sent in. So it's, you know, it's open for anyone to. Oh, it's painless. Right. Well, I think they were also quite keen to point out that they don't dictate the rules to the clubs about what should happen. But yeah. they were saying that the, the most common new affiliate, affiliated clubs were because people got together for drone racing and stuff and they were making their own clubs. Mm. Yeah. Well, wasn't I know you had Nige um, on last last week, and they he's doing something with the Whoop stuff, isn't he? To try and uh, set up new uh, places for people to fly. So yeah. maybe maybe that's an alternative for those who need to find a place to go and uh, have some fun with some I think, friends. I think you said you were involved in that somehow, Lee. Is that right, or was he just name dropping? No, no. I am. I'm talking to him about doing some stuff with that. Um, cool. Yet yet to determine how that's all going to work but it's uh it could be a cute you know going back to your thing about getting the hub sand as a cheap and easy way to get into it and using like a whoop as a as a similar style thing that's that's the kind of thing i'm excited about because it lowers the barrier for entry mm. um just conscious we're up on the hour already that's how, 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 how sorry. it go this quick just just a quick thought uh just as it sprung into my head what would be i'd be totally up for if i if i knew there were a bunch of clubs that were at least open to having someone like myself or, or whoever to go along with a load of gear and just be in the corner and say, look, any of you guys want to come over, let me just give you an experience for one day and then I'll disappear again. You can all have a think about it mm. and I'll show you some HD. I'll yeah. show you some analog. I'll show you some whoops and how small, safe and quiet they are. And then I'll show you the noisiest stuff. Just take a load of gear and just see what that little spark might do inside the club in terms of seeing who we are and what we represent. And maybe that's something we could, uh, that feels like something maybe that could be approached and you could approach the BMFA about and say, look, Yep. Here's an idea. Why don't you reach out to some clubs? As you know, all the clubs and you're affiliated with all these clubs. Why don't you see if they're interested in just letting a few of us come and, and go around and show this stuff to to, to existing yep. clubs that, that may just know nothing about it because it's you know they don't like change, but they might be open to it. You know, I, or, I, I, or, again, 
Open, open invitation for me in the Northwest. If there's any club in the Northwest that's watching this, that's want me to come along to one of their meetings and bring some of the FPV stuff to kind of either do a talk or do a show and tell or give that, those kind of things. I am more than happy to do that. If that's going to kind of, um, you know, w- without any strings attached, just yeah. to, to help broaden the hobby. But to be fair, I think most of us would probably do that given the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm hoping to do that with a, a club that I've joined. Um, you know, they're, they're open to Hallies, uh, but I don't think they've ever experienced multi-rotors before. Uh, so, yeah, be I'm, I'm interested to do that. I'm very, very privileged to be uh, in a club, indoor club, that embraces everything. We have cars going on the ground. We have tiny whoops flying around. And we have 3D Bikes. planes. Or bikes, the whole lot. We are so lucky with mm. that. And, and do you know what? There's all ages as well. Um, you know, I shout out to Paul. I'm probably not watching it, but he he was back in the day where you were pressing buttons to turn, and his main transmitter is a Nirvana. So how woke is he? You know. Yeah. So we need more people. That's the spirit of RC for me. Just everyone, all ages, and all kinds of you know RC stuff existing in one space. I'm, I'm very much up for that. Yeah. And what a wonderful way to finish the show on that positive note. Fantastic. So you, we have uh, had a wonderful time. Thank you, everybody, for getting involved with this. I know it's just me kind of rocking up um, and asking kind of like slight weird questions, but I appreciate for everyone's effort tonight and doing that. Uh, tonight we have been Tony. Bonjour. Jack next week. He's back. Everyone who's missed him. Foul mouth. No filter. Back. Yeah, so all, 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 all the knob jokes will be back this week. Uh, Andrew slash Frank. Mike. Uh, Andy RC. Ta-ta. NJ Tech. Okay, guys. Curry Kitten. Goodbye. And I've been Painless 360. Happy flying. Telemetry lost. Bonjour. <laughs>